Hey besties and best stars, welcome to the Let's Go Besties podcast with your host, D. Y'all, I just realized that I haven't sung on the podcast in a long time. It hasn't been coming out of me. That's not what has been flowing. So, hopefully we can get back into singing. Because I know y'all be singing with me. But, let's get into a new episode. You read the title. The title is called The Prerequisites to Having a Relationship with Others. Okay? These are the things that your parents never taught you. And their parents never taught them. Because let's be honest. We just don't know things. We think we know things. But we don't. We really don't know knowing anything. Until it's revealed to us. And this revelation... That's about to drop on you and me. It's about to be one for the books. So if you ready, say yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you ready, say yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Say yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. I don't know where that came from, but it was cute. Okay, besties, we are going to invite our Holy Spirit in because our eyes and our ears of these understandings need to be open. And he got to come and sit in this place with us. So bow your heads, close your eyes, do what you do to get in the presence because he about to be invited in. Okay, so Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for another night. We thank you that you are here and where you are, that place is holy. God, we ask you to open the eyes and the ears of our understanding so that we may see and hear you. God, have your way in this podcast. We thank you. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Holy Spirit, come on in. Amen. All right, besties. So, like I said, these are the things that your parents never taught you and mine didn't either. But that's okay because we all about to learn something new together. All right. So, let's break down what a prerequisite is. Those of you who are in college, you know exactly what a prereq is. And even those of you that are not in college, you know what a prereq is. Um, So, prereqs are the things that are taught before an area of concentration. So let's just say that you were going to school to be a nurse. You not are going to college to be a nurse. You're not going to jump straight into your nursing classes. No, you're going to go and take that math, that that English, that science, that history. You even going to take a few electives of classes you probably don't even know why you in them. But they all go along with the prereqs. So, yes, in college, you really don't start taking your area of concentration classes until the very end. Like, you don't, not the end of the first or second year. You don't get into it until, like, the, the, the third or the fourth year. And even then, let's just say you're going for nursing again. You are going to be studying the broadness of nursing. You're not going to be 
in a specific area of nursing. So if you want to be a pediatric nurse, you're not going to be studying strictly pediatrics and say you go to graduate school. So prerequisites are just like the fundamental teachings. You get English, math, science in elementary school, middle school, and high school and college. So it's the things you need to know, the building blocks to the area of concentration in which you're going to. So that's really what a prerequisite is. And you have prereqs when it comes to having relationships with you have prereqs when it comes to having relationships with others. So I have a question. When you hear the word relationship, what do you think of first? I know a lot of people, they they think of having a relationship with a, like, partner, with a romantic partner. Like, you may think, oh, I'm about to get with this girl or somebody about to get with this guy when you hear the word relationship. But honestly, a relationship is, it don't have to do with only romance. Like, we have relationship with God. We got relationship with ourselves. We got relationship with our family members, we got relationship with our friends, we got relationships with our coworkers. We got we even have a work we have we even have a relationship with the people that we don't know but we have encounters with. Like if we go to the grocery store, we have a relationship with the person who's bagging our groceries because we are the customer and they are the one that is providing a service to us. So technically we have this type of relationship. You go to get a wax, you have, and you are called a client. And that person who is your waxer, they are, you are, You have a relationship with that person. You're, you're establishing a relationship as you get the service. So we have relationship with a lot of different people, but we only tend to think about relationships in one way. Most of us, not all of us, because when I think of relationship, I think of like, the, immediately for me, it's not relationship romantically is relationship like with friends or relationship with family and that's the first thing I think of I don't really think of relationship with a with a with a man first so we um really got to think of the first relationship which is the relation or the second this will be the second uh, the first, we really got to think of the first human relationship that we get to be in because it's the most important, which is the relationship with ourselves, And that is the main prerequisite to having relationships with others. First is God, then it's yourself. Because you can't properly have relationships with others if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself. And the sad thing about our world and the things that we have been taught, we have been taught to really look at others and focus on others before we were focusing on ourselves. And just in the last five years, I have been seeing people say self-care is not selfish. But self-care technically is not having a relationship with yourself it's a way that you can have a relationship with yourself but just because you take care of your fingernails your toenails get a haircut get your hair done put nice clothes on that does not necessarily mean that you have a relationship with yourself because a relationship is not composed of what you can do for your exterior only no 
what are you doing to condition your mind what are you doing to um condition condition your spirit to feed your spirit what are you doing to to help yourself mentally and emotionally how are you how are you feeding yourself as a whole that i didn't even mean to um give a plug but we have a resource and i'm gonna put it in our bestie belongings so i need you guys to go ahead and become a bestie if you have not became a bestie on blissfulfate.com go ahead and sign up to become a bestie so that you can have access to our free resource library because i'm going to put a resource in there and it's called what are you eating because that's a lot of a lot of times we really think self-care is what we're doing for ourselves like you know what like going exercise and taking a walk taking a walk or um going shopping for ourselves or getting our eyelashes done our haircut you know those things can be self-care, but that's not the only thing that is composed in self-care. So do you have a relationship with yourself? Because your relationship with yourself, it sets the tone for every other relationship you will ever have. Let me just say this. Those of you that are in your single season, you do not have to rush to get in a relationship because singleness is not a prison. It is the foundation of all other relationships. Just think about it for a second. Let's think about the first man that was created. God created the first man from the dirt, right? God never went back and created another man from the dirt. He never did that. Never. He had the first man there in the garden and he was there by himself. He was there by himself and God and him had a relationship. God and him had a relationship. Like he didn't even know that it was a possibility to have someone else around him like him. He didn't even know. He was a single individual and he learned how to be single he learned how to be single he learned how to be single and for a lot of us we need to learn how to be single not just for a couple of months not just for a couple of years but to really master singleness because even if you're lonely in your single season marriage or a relationship will not stop you from being lonely it's not because you're not going to, if you really look at it and think about it, you're not going to be with a person 24 hours out of the day. You're not. And it, and overwhelmness and frustration does not go away by, by piling your schedule up or being with another person. Because you have to realize that when you get by yourself, you have to deal with yourself. And all of the things that come with you, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in between and the becoming, you can't run from that. So what kind of relationship do you have with yourself? Do you treat yourself with respect? Do you treat yourself and think of yourself as an intelligent person or do you call yourself dumb if you get something wrong? What are you saying to yourself? 
What are you expressing to yourself? Do you expect others to treat you like you do not treat you? Like, we can be so quick to desire others to treat us with respect, to treat us with love, to treat us and value us, but we don't even give that to ourselves. Oh, you expecting something for your birthday from your friends and from your family, but you didn't even buy yourself anything. Oh, you expecting to get a ride from your people, but you don't even give nobody a ride. You had, you didn't even give nobody a ride when you had the means to give somebody a ride. Are you expecting people to greet you with a smile when you don't even have a smile on your face ever? What are you expecting others to treat you in a way? Why are you expecting others to treat you in a way that you wouldn't even treat yourself? We cannot expect others to give us things that, one... We're not giving ourselves. And two, we're we're supposed to be giving, getting from God. I'm going to say it again. We cannot expect to get things like love and validation, value from others. And we're not getting it from, our, from, from ourselves and God. We're not giving it to ourselves and getting it from God. First, we have to get it from God and then we can give it to ourselves. We cannot expect that. We cannot expect to receive these things externally. Especially when they're supposed to be worked internally. God wants to give you things that the human cannot ever give you. We're not supposed to be desiring these things from other people. We're supposed to be desiring these things from God because he's the one that wants to give it to us. I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to say it um, because I want y'all to understand it's not just you going through whatever you're going through. So I'm going to be totally transparent on here. There were some people in my life that were close to me and I was expecting them to give me some certain things from them. Like love, literally, that was it. And it I was expecting them to give me value. I was expecting them to give me value and I had them on a high pedestal and God told me, basically, you are valuing other people over yourself. He broke it down to me and helped me to realize that He is the one that gives me value. And I'm supposed to be receiving the value from within. Because he's in me, right? So he is the one that gives me value. And I was expecting people to give me that 
externally in ways, in various ways, actually. It wasn't just in one way. I'm trying to think of an example, a a specific example to tell y'all. Let's see. This is not a way that I was looking for, but it's a way that someone can be looking for others to show up for them. This is not an area that that I'm speaking for for me, but this is an area. This is an example of what I'm saying. So let's just say that you were expecting value from other people in a way of in a way like this. You want it, you notice that you stuck out for everybody else, but nobody sticks up for you. I would pose the question of, are you sticking up for yourself? Because if you're looking for everybody to stick up for you and you're sticking up for others, just because you are doing it for them does not necessarily mean they're obligated to do it for you. So that's an example of what I'm trying to say. Okay? So another question I have is, how do you feel about yourself? So this would be self-esteem. Because self-esteem is all about what you think about yourself. It's literally the estimate of your self-worth. What do you estimate your self-worth to be? Because an impaired self-esteem literally affects you and everybody around you. Because you can only see through the lens of what you have experienced. So if all you've experienced is abuse, that is what you're you're gonna that's what's gonna flow out of you until your mind is renewed, until you tell yourself, baby, we're not going down the same road. But that's why we gotta give grace to people because we look at child predators and people who molest children as this big horrible thing. And it's horrible. But we gotta give those people grace because they were molested as a child. Like, that's something that happened to them. You know what I'm saying? That's something I had to realize when I was going through trying to process what happened to me. When I was younger, when I was a little girl, I couldn't necessarily be mad at the my offender because I'm like, this happened to him. This happened to him. And I know it's not easy for everybody to look at it like that, but that's exactly how I looked at it. I'm like, I'm not even mad at him because this happened to him. I just pray that he doesn't do it to nobody else because he has daughters now. Like, I would hate for him to repeat this or they repeat it. That was my mindset. But we have to give grace to people. And I use the, I when I talk about things and try to give examples, if you've been listening to the podcast for this long, you know that I use the most extreme case scenario. I do because it gets that real because we look at things as if they are just the most horrible thing without looking at the root of things. Yes, child 
molestation is horrible. It happened to me. It's very horrible. But then you got to really look at the person instead of the offense. You got to look at the person. Because at the end of the day, at the core of that of that monstrosity, that was a person. And that person was the one who was once the victim. You know what I'm saying? Like, we really got to begin to understand that. So, with self-esteem, more than likely, if you were... If you treat yourself horribly, then you're going to treat others just as bad. And it may not be in a way that you think. Because some people could get away with treating others, thinking that they're treating others better than they're treating themselves. And thinking that they are doing a lot of good things for other people. But at the end of the day, you are not going to do for others more than you do for yourself. If you treat yourself horrible. I mean, horrible. You talking bad about yourself, you are not going to talk really good about other people and really mean it. You're not. You're not. Because it's going to come out in a way that it's going to be negative. And to prove to you what I'm talking about, think about the times where you discussed a hot topic about a celebrity, about any, it don't have to be a celebrity. It could be any hot topic where you judge a person. Because that same measure of judgment, you, you give to yourself. You'll give it to yourself. So out of you is going to, or out of you is going to pour out whatever, whatever's into you. If you don't give yourself grace, you ain't giving no grace to no other people. If you hate yourself, you hate other people because guess what? Guess what? You are an image of God and they are too. So either way to cut go, you treating yourself bad or you treating somebody else bad is one. It's one because you're both an image of God. You're both an extension of God. And at the end of the day, all of us are one. Back to the one who was in the garden, Adam. Do you know why he was in the garden by himself? And do you know why God only created one man from the soil? Think about how he created Eve. Did he pick up soil and and create her? No, he did not. He looked and he looked at the man. He put him to sleep and took out a rib. And there she was. It's because in that one man was all of us. Why do you think it says by one man disobedience came death? By one man's obedience came life to all. It says that in the word. Let me find out where it said it at because y'all don't believe me. Y'all don't believe me. All right. I found it, y'all. It's Romans 5, 12.
and 19. So it's Romans 5, Romans 5, 12. Oh, wait, not 12. Well, you can read 12 too. But it's Romans 5, the one I said, is Romans 5 and 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So because of Adam, he op- Adam opened the door to sin, but Jesus opened the door to righteousness. Because we all was in Adam first. We all was in Adam. God never went back to the soil. So that's why sin was open for everybody. That's why everybody served the same punishment. Because God put all of us in that one man. Okay? And that's why he had to send himself. And that's why we all can be redeemed. Because of that one man, Jesus. Alright? I hope y'all following me. I know I'm all over the place right now. But yes. Yes. You are not supposed to be your biggest critic. You're really not. You're supposed to be your biggest advocate. Your biggest cheerleader. You're supposed to be your own best friend and your own support system. As far as humanity goes. Because you know God, he's the... Your best, your bestie forever. He your support system. He's everything. But by human standards, you are supposed to be your own. You're supposed to be one. You know what one means? Holy. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. But become. How do you become your own best friend and ultimate support system? First and foremost, this will not be natural. It won't. Becoming your own best friend, it takes time and a whole lot of practice. But the good thing is, you can fall and get back up with this. One minute, you may not even want to be your own best friend. But the next minute, you'll be like, I won't be my own best friend. The more you practice it, the more you'll become better at it. And if you mess up, only you know about it. But to become your own best friend, you have to go on a journey of self-discovery. This will require you to pay attention to the person that you spend the most time with and the person that you cannot live without and the person that you give the least time to. You. You. It's going to be uncomfortable because you're not used to doing it. But before you know it, on this journey, you will become the best friend that you've ever had to yourself. Okay? So there's three simple steps to becoming your own best friend. Okay? These are the steps we're going to get into today because there is multiple steps to becoming your own best friend. But we're going to have three today. And they are simple, but they are not easy. Okay? So number one, you got to get to know you. Who are you? What are you interested in? Where do you come from? What are your gifts? What are your talents? 
What are your triggers? What are your strengths? What are your desires? Ask ask yourself these questions. How much do you actually know about you? There's five love languages, correct? What is your self-love love language? What is it for you? You got to start asking yourself questions. Even questioning the things that you haven't questioned before. Like, for example, with me. I'm on a journey to becoming raw vegan. And the biggest discussion when it comes to anybody who's going raw vegan is where do you get your protein from? Now, we have been conditioned to think that we have to eat dead animal parts to be healthy and get protein. But if you really think about it, if you really begin to question it, where does an animal like the cow get its protein from? What does the cow feed on all day long? Grass. So if a cow is getting protein from the grass and I'm eating the cow, I'm technically getting secondhand protein. Why not I why don't I skip a step and go to the ultimate source, which is the grass? Do you understand what I'm saying? When you don't question anything, you allow other people to make the rules for you. You have to question things. Even if you've been doing the same thing with your friend group for a very long time. Question if you actually like doing that. Because a lot of the times we just go with the flow. Go with the flow. Because everybody else doing it, we want it. We want to do it too. Because everybody else got it, we want it. No. I saw the, uh, a clip of B. Simone talking about, um, I think she was trying, she was on Instagram and she said she was about to purchase a G-Wagon. And then she had to say to herself like, man, do I even want this? Or am I seeing this so much that I think I want it? Because that's what social media could do. That's what seeing things could do. Just like, I'm going to just throw it out there and keep it real. A lot of y'all didn't even want to get y'all bodies done. But because you keep seeing it, because you keep seeing it, you went and got your body done too. Because you think you need it done. No. Did you really want that? Because I see a lot of people talking about they wish they haven't even gotten surgery. They wouldn't even do it again. They would not recommend it. There's so many other things. We make dumb purchases all the time because of what's in style. Because of what other people are telling us to do. And don't even know if we like it ourselves. Don't even know. Don't even know. So question things, you guys. Question it. Ask yourself, do you like? Do I actually like this? Do I like this? Do I even like this? Is this even healthy for me? Because a lot of times we can even like something and it don't be healthy for us. Me, I used to love bread. That don't necessarily mean bread is healthy for me. Loved cookies. Cookies ain't healthy for me. Eating, eating them the way I was eating got up to 250 pounds. Pasta. Pizza, all of that stuff, all the candy. That wasn't good for me. 
I'm noticing now with eating certain things, I'm becoming bloated. Now I got to figure out what is this doing to my body? What is, what is it that's causing me to be bloated? Is it just the time of my of the month? Because, you know, with, with women, just because you're not bleeding does not mean your cycle is over. So what phase of my cycle am I in? Am I bloating because of the food I ate? Or am I bloating because it's just the the way my cycle is going? Is it just the time of the day? Pay attention to you. Pay attention to you. Bestie, you are worth paying attention to. Other people may not give you attention, but you're worth paying attention to. You got to get to know you. And you got to ask yourself hard things. And you got to be able to understand that you are a human. You have, let me tell you, just like the Holy Trinity, they got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are a trinity as well. Let me tell you how. Because you are, you have flesh. You got your body. You are spirit. And you have a soul, which composes of your mind, will, and emotions. You are a trinity as well. And you have to, no pressure, honestly, because you don't do all these things at once. But paying attention does a lot in the long run. You have to pay attention to you. And you have to be able to get into the mirror. This is something This is something that I practice physically, getting into the mirror. But when I say get into the mirror, you have to look at yourself. And you have to be able to look at the things that you don't even like about yourself and come to terms with that and be able to distinguish what's you and what's not you. Go back to that podcast, Decluttering Your Garage. Go back to it because that's facing yourself. Go back to the Facing Yourself series, the podcast, as well as the blogs on blissfulfate.com. Go back to them because this is not a process that happens one time. You have to continually face yourself. You have to get into the mirror. You know how a car has a car has three mirrors. Matter of fact, a car has multiple mirrors because we have backup cameras too. So we have three mirrors, two for our blind spots, three for the the for the um Matter of fact, let's just say three for the blind spots when we have our backup cameras or not in our in our vehicles, right? We have blind spots that we can't see. If you're not around people right now, you're in a wilderness season where God has you alone. Let God be your blind spotter. If you have a community right now, let God and your community be your blind spot. Matter of fact, if you're alone, God is your community. Okay? But let the people around you be your blind spotters. You also have to get into the mirror yourself. You have to be able to see the things that hurt you and not run from them, but embrace them because they are not you and you're going to soon be departed from them. Just like a baby with an umbilical cord. When the mama delivers the baby, the umbilical cord is cut. But the umbilical cord cutting remains on the baby's stomach. And it falls off, I believe, in one to two weeks, two to three weeks. I don't know. I don't have kids. 
but it falls off eventually. It doesn't stay with the baby forever. The things that you don't like, you have to learn to live with them until they fall off. Falling, the, the things falling off could be your mind just renewing. You may look at your body and be like, "Ugh, I don't like this. But don't continually say that. Begin to point out the area of your body that you don't like and tell that body part, I love it. I love you. Stomach, I love you. Breast, I love you. Butt, I love you. And it's not just for fe- females. It's for the males too because men have insecurities too. Okay? And it may not be skin deep. It may be something else. It may be your speech impediment. It may be anything, but you have to get into the mirror and be able, begin to embrace that. Let me tell y'all, I have mirror moments with myself. Because in the mirror, when you're looking deeply into your eyes, when you're looking at yourself in your eyes, you can't run from yourself. You have to face the things that you don't like and the things that you do like. Because it's not all about the things you don't like. Okay? It's not. It's really not. But that's typically what we're running from. And on the flip side, some people, we can be running from success. We could be running from hard work. We could be running from anything. But in the mirror, like physically getting into the mirror, that's where I face myself. That's why I'm able to love on myself. And that's why I'm able to completely get naked with myself. And sometimes it's me physically getting naked, like taking off all my clothes for real. And looking at my body like, okay, this is my body. Because like I like I will keep saying, I will keep shouting this from the rooftop because this is my testimony. And by my testimony in the blood of the Lamb, I am set free. Okay? I was 250 pounds. A couple of years ago. I am nowhere near that now. And although I do not have any loose skin on my body. I still have to deal with my body. Let me be honest with y'all. Monday. Today is Thursday. Monday. I went into the gym. I went into the gym. And I wanted to record myself. Working out. Okay. I looked at the recording. Besties. And I see my tummy. And I see my back fat. And I was so discouraged that I had to leave the gym. I was so embarrassed. I was so discouraged. And nobody nobody, it didn't, nobody else had to look at me. Nobody else had to look. It was all within me. I was hurt by what I saw. Hurt. Because I didn't know. You know when you sit down. When you sit down, your tummy your tummy will poke out a little bit. And um I got I got little rolls on my back, okay? But I had to remind myself like, look, you ain't where you used to be. And you're going to the gym to get healthier overall. You really think that backpack gonna be there for for all these years? You really think that back going to keep going to still be there when as you keep working out? Do you really think your tummy is still going to be this size if you keep consistently working out? No, ma'am. It's not. But let me tell you, it's okay that I had that moment. It's okay. Because as those moments keep happening, 
I get stronger and stronger. I get to tell myself, baby, yes, you got the back fat. I'm going to love you out of here. One thing I used to tell myself when I was bigger than what I was, baby, I'm going to love my tummy until, until she gone. I'm going to love her until she gone. Okay? Until she uh, she's at a place that I can say, oh, I love you, girl, for real. Okay? So I encourage you to give that a try. Look yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself you love you. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I accept you. Speak to yourself. The second thing, or the second way, on how to become your own best friend is to begin to understand where you're sourced from. I would say that this is the first one you should do, but I put this second for a reason. Because sometimes... Sometimes we don't go and think about God. We don't always think about God. All when we do is all about ourselves. And I really want y'all to focus on God. So I put this one second. Because sometimes it's a giving. Like for me, it's a giving. Like, yes, God's first. I know that. But all this ultimately is centered around God because you can't do none of this without him. But I'll put this one second. So, yeah. So, who are you sourced from? You're sourced from God. God is your source. If you take a piece of pineapple and you separate that piece from the rest of the pineapple, what do you have? Pineapple, right? Just a piece of it. You are a piece of God. You came out of him. So you got to internalize that. Because he's your source. What is what what is what is a father? That's a source. That's a source. God wants us to call him Abba. Abba means source. Source. Holy Spirit will lead you to say Abba. You know how a baby say Mama, that day, that day. It's like when you become one with God again, Holy Spirit will lead you to say Abba, Abba, A B B A. He's our source. He gives you the power to be confident in Him and in yourself. And the knowledge that he is your source, that opens up the door to self-love, self-confidence, higher self-esteem, positive self-worth, positive self-value, and so much more. I just think about it this way. A lot of the time when I'm when I'm down and out or when I'm just like here, feel like I'm here, I really, and I think I'm by myself. I have to snap back in my mind and be like, no, Jesus with me. And I have to picture, like, literally picture him, like, being with me. And that's a good practice. Like, it's down to the point. It's only down to the point in the car because I drive a lot. (laughs) The person who hated driving actually loves driving now. But if I have to. (laughs) But when I'm driving, it's like. 
no doubt in my mind that God is sitting in this car with me. That's when I'm driving. And then there's other on the moments where I just I have where, you know, God is with me. Like, I know he's always with me, but in, in the car. Oh, yeah. We singing. We dancing. We sitting quiet. Like he's here. Like he's sitting in the passenger seat, like vibing out with me. But think of him being with you all the time. You know how, like, you you have a level of confidence when somebody backing you, like when you know that you have somebody to lean on. God is always there. Picture him as the one that you get to lean on in all things. I got to practice this, too, because I got it down packed with the driving. But in other, uh, when I'm doing other stuff, it's not always conscious to me. I'm not always conscious of it. So what could you do when you realize... What is another thing you can do when you realize God is your source? You can begin to reverse negative self-talk. Like I said earlier, you're not your biggest critic. You're your biggest cheerleader. Cheerleaders speak words. They they say chants, right? They have literally affirmations about their team because they know they're going to win the game. God has already gave us words to speak, okay? And all we got to do is work them. So when your mind telling you that you're not worth it, no, I am worth it. When your mind telling you that, oh, I don't look good, no, you're a masterpiece. When your mind and the enemy, because the enemy works against us, he's our adversary. But whenever you hear something negative and you start talking negative about yourself, reverse that using God's word. Another uh, free resource that I have to put in the drive, um, not in the drive, in the Bessie's belongings is our free resource about God, uh, uh, affirmations of who we are in Christ. If you listen to um, a couple of podcasts ago, then you know that um, we have that free resources. But we have said it in the podcast before some truths about who you are in Christ. And just working, working what he's already gave you, giving you. It don't have to be, you don't have to even use a lot. Like you can start off with two. Or three. Or even one. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to say all these affirmations every single day. Like, you can say one every day. But just just know that when you stepping into this truth, this is the thing that will be able to set you free from negative self-talk. And don't go expecting it, it to work in a week, in a day, in an hour. No. This is a continual practice. We don't have to be so quick to rush into anything because we got our whole life ahead of us. And we only can focus on one one moment at a time, one step at a time. Okay? God knows you. He knows you and he knows that you need the words that he already spoke about you. Because he knew you was going to be going through this. You hear me? Like he knew. And the last the last one is show up for you and cheer yourself on. I don't know if y'all feel this way, but 
it's harder for me to show up for myself than it is to show up for others. Like, if somebody, like, for example, I'm working on getting up earlier because I want to go to the gym before I go to my job. And I noticed that when it's about when it's about me, oh, baby, I'm sleeping until I can't sleep in no more. But if somebody was to call me and be like, let's go to the gym, I would probably make sure to go. And and that's something that I thought about today while I was sitting down at, at work. I was just like thinking and it probably was the Holy Spirit putting this idea in my mind because it's just like him to do that. But I was just thinking like. I need to, like, everything that I want to accomplish, especially this getting up early thing, consistently. Because I can get up early, but I'm talking about consistently doing this, building a, a discipline to consistently do it. Because I could do stuff, but it's, sometimes it'd be not consistent. So I need to be, like, really, like, what I told y'all about picturing God, like, no, I'm not going to the gym by myself. And I'm not going to the gym just for myself. No, me and God are going to the gym. Me and God are getting up early. Me and my bestie forever getting up early. Me and Jesus getting up early together. And really internalize him getting up with me. Getting ready with me. Like, for real. I know y'all seen these, like, they have shirts and cups and all that. Jesus is my business partner. Jesus is my work workout partner. Things like that. Really begin to internalize that. But it can be easy. After today, it's not going to be easy to show up for others than yourself. It's going to be easy to, easier to show up for you. We're declaring it. But yeah, we used to a system, y'all, where others tell us what to do and when to do it. And that's that's a little bit of reason why it's easier for us to do for others because think about it sometimes doing something for you you just don't like it's always about other people it's always about other people like with the nine to five situation you a lot of people are stuck in a mindset of nine to five when they're supposed to have a business because they do not even want to they don't even know how to work their gifts to be able to structure their time with a nine to five, your stuff is already planned out. Somebody telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. When you start a business, you are your own partner. Like you by yourself, really like calling the shots. And that's scary for a lot of people. And they'd rather show up for somebody else. They act on what God has already told them they're going to have because they used to a system. But it's time for y'all and me to break out of that system. If you got a goal, Go for that goal. If God gave you a vision, go after it. It don't matter if you don't got no money. It don't matter if you ain't got no resources. He is your source. How could you how could you sit there and say, okay, I don't have this? If God allowed you to think it, you can have it. If it's in his will. Don't go after nothing that's not in his will. And that's something he ain't tell you. Don't do that. Because I he ain't gonna pay for it. You're gonna be on your own sustaining that and you're gonna drown. You hear me? But if God has given you something, if you have making made a goal to act on what God has given you, do it. Do that. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me and you. 
Because I want to get up at a specific time in the morning. And I need to do that. I can do it, bestie. You can do it. Build your confidence by telling yourself you can do it. Build trust in yourself by actually doing it. Taking it one step at a time. Doing it consistently, though. Because, like I said, I could do it. You could do it. But doing it consistently. Start keeping your word to yourself. Your word is law. Keep your word to yourself. Forget everybody else. Keep your word to you. Keep your word to you. Begin to build that trust within yourself. And when you when you act on what you've already said, celebrate that win. These wins are going to be so small, besties, and so secret. It's going to be just between you and God. But you got to celebrate each each of them because it's milestones. It's milestones. You're building something within yourself. You're building trust within yourself. You're building trust with God. You are going to new heights. And these things are small and they're secret. But you got to celebrate them. And when you mess up, because you will... Don't get discouraged and don't get, don't beat yourself up about it. You got to give yourself grace and you got to start again. You got to start again because you're going to do it. The word already came out there. If you put your if you put it out there, if God has already said it, baby, the word, you're going to be doing it. But you got to apply yourself. You got to apply yourself. Okay? I love y'all. I really do. And there's so much more that can be said about becoming your own best friend but we gonna stop here because we're not about to get overwhelmed with information overload this is the journey that we get to tackle one step at a time and this was the prerequisites to having relationship with others the things that your parents and my parents ain't never told me and their parents ain't telling me either okay and i just really hope you feel empowered to get to know yourself better, to get to know the God of this world better. Because, baby, you like a caterpillar in a cocoon waiting to emerge. Like, it's not comfortable for that caterpillar to go in that cocoon. That caterpillar going going to sleep and I don't even know when it's going to wake up, but there's an appointed time. Hello. And it may be uncomfortable for you right now. It's going to be uncomfortable for you in that mirror. It's going to be uncomfortable to go where God tell you. But in time, as you keep doing it, you will become beautiful. When a, butterf- when a butterfly comes out the cocoon and flies, that butterfly is beautiful. Okay? And if you don't think butterfly is beautiful, picture whatever you think is beautiful. Okay? I'm scared of butterflies. They beautiful from a distance. You hear me? They better not come by me because I didn't see SpongeBob. Y'all know what I'm talking about. For for those of y'all who grew up on SpongeBob, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, your beauty will first be revealed built to you. And God going to be like, look how beautiful you are. Look what I made. And you're going to be like, yes, Abba, a masterpiece. I'm holy and without falling your eyes. Respond to him. He's going to be like, look what I made. You're going to be like, yes, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm your holy nation. I'm your prized possession. He's going to be like, look what I done made. Yes, I'm your daughter. I'm your son. You're going to be you gonna be speaking back to God. And he's going to be like, yes. And then when the world see you, 
you ain't even gonna be phased because you're gonna be walking in your truth and you're gonna be so caught up in in how you feel about yourself that others have to have to get in line and it's it's gonna be something different about you they're gonna be like you glowing you got a man you got a woman and you're gonna be like i'm walking in my single season and then when you get real comfortable in your single season, that's when your your spouse going to come. Well, don't quote me. <laughs> but no, when you get real comfortable, God likes to switch it up. Because <laughs> you don't he don't ever want you to stay comfortable because you don't grow in that in that way. But that's for another story, Bestie. So I love y'all again. I need y'all to stay in it. I'm going to stay in it with y'all. We got to we're going to make a pact. The bestie, the besties pack. The besties in the best stores pack. Okay. I love y'all so much. And remember that y'all are destined to win because he got up. And I'll see y'all on the flip side. This is D and I'm signing out. Okay. Peace.